Heavenly Father, we thank you for the rest we've had, Lord. We thank you for uh, breakfast this morning, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would feed us through your word this morning, Lord. We pray that you would transform our hearts, Lord, as we long to seek the lost, wherever you've placed us, in our offices, uh, at the school gate, in the lecture halls, Lord. We pray this all in your Son's name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Great. So you've got a little handout on your sheet. Pick that up. The seminar, well, let me, let me tell you who I am, first of all. I'm Mark Doring, if we haven't met before. Uh, I used to be a, a lawyer in the city, uh, a litigator in private practice uh, until about two years ago. So I did that from about 1995 to 2020, 21. And the last couple of years, I have been uh, doing more Bible reading one-to-one with people in the city still. So I spend still quite a lot of time in the city uh, doing CE uh, courses and leading Bible studies and that sort of thing. And so evangelism in the city or in the workplace is something quite close to my heart and I, one I think I do now a lot more of. And the seminar we're going to do today is in two parts. The first part, I think we just have to have a look to get ourselves orientated as to why do evangelism at all. A lot of this you will know, but I think we just need to get our hearts in the right place as we look at what Scripture tells us about evangelism. Then I want to look at common objections or issues or problems that we might all face or uh, be nervous about when we're thinking about doing evangelism. And that's the first half. Come on in, come on in. And the second half, we're going to do some, pra- some, some practical stuff right, about evangelism. Actually, what are the sort of practical steps that you might start thinking to take, want to do yourselves? Uh, don't be shy, you know, come through. Okay, so that's two halves. We've got actually about an hour, or it's not as long as it's on the advertised sheet. And those that need to have children need to leave at half past or uh, uh, 10.35 to go get pick up their children. Okay, so I'll let you go then. Um, if you want to stay a bit longer, five, ten minutes, that's also fine. Then we're into coffee break. So that's, the, that's the, what we're going to do. Okay, so introduction. What, how do you actually feel about evangelism? Evangelism in the workplace with the contacts and colleagues that you have, honestly. What, what, what are the objections? I feel a dichotomy between like it's urgent and yet I'm really nervous about it and feel like incapable or like stuck. Yeah. So nervous, incapable. I feel it's like a gear change from the normal conversation. So right. if it's not it's almost like a handbrake turn for from <coughs> what you're normally talking about in relation to work. So how you kind of yeah. but no, not sure how you naturally just do that. that yeah. yeah. Our thoughts? I, I have a picture of walking in a landmine field. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Because of like so many political correctness and a lot of other issues, it's so easy to just, even unintentionally sometimes, step on a, a landmine. Yep. Okay, landmines, nervousness, fear, busyness. Uh, yeah. How to do it. It's somebody, come on in, come on in. It's for somebody else to do it. I can't do it. We've run out of chairs in the other room. I don't mean to be. Yeah, yeah please do. Please do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just by, by fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Your leader sent you to do that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's right. That's an Okay, so there's some of the common objections, and we're going to look at those, okay? But let's just first just look at what Scripture says about evangelism. And you can go to many, many passages, okay? But I just set out a few on the first page of this sheet. So why evangelize, evangelize at all? Because judgment <coughs> hell is real, and it's really awful. And we know that. But let's just see what Jesus reminds us, what Jesus says in this one passage in Mark. 
If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. So Jesus is reminded, of course, hell is awful and your sin is really serious and you should do everything to avoid going to hell, even to maim yourself, pluck out your eye, cut off your hand. But as we know, we can't do anything. We wouldn't be able to cut off all our limbs. We need to cut out our heart. And we know we can't do anything. But Jesus gives us the loving warning time and time again about the awfulness of hell and the uh, seriousness of our sin. But of course we know that salvation's on offer. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave one only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we know that's the best news ever when we're rightly oriented and we're looking at the scriptures. Look how Jesus put it just in here in Luke 10. Of course, he sends out the 72. They come back overjoyed with being able to cast out demons and do wondrous acts. And he says to them, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you incredible things, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you have salvation. Okay. That's where true rejoicing and joy and this is God's work. It's not our disciples are doing it. We are called to do it. It's God's work and will. And now is harvest time. Many of you will be familiar with uh, the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Jesus is speaking to the most unlikely of, as it were, converts. Um, a woman, a Samaritan, for a Jewish man to be speaking to that sort of person who has a very checkered past. So you see from the account probably on her sick husband. She's ostracised, it would appear, for she's coming to the well at the noonday in the heat rather than the early morning or the evening when it's cool, ostracised by her own people. And she, Jesus has a conversation with her and she goes back into town saying, come, come see this person who told me everything I've ever did. Is this the Messiah? And the disciples come then back into the picture in John chapter 4. Of course, they've been down to town as well to get food. And they're saying, Jesus says, you need to eat something. Have something to food, eat. And Jesus says, no, I don't need to eat at the moment. Look, he says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. It would be a bit like now, time-wise, if we were in England. March, we look out across the fields here. They'd be brown. There'd be no harvest, no crop coming through. But he says... It, you saw, you had, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. And what he's pointing to are the townspeople coming out to him to see him. Uh, the, the woman having said, come and see, could this be the Messiah? They are ripe for harvest. The people are coming. He's talking to the disciples. Okay. So now is harvest time and Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And we are all called to be part of it. Go to many, many uh, passages. Here's just three quick ones. Of course, from Matthew 5 and on Sermon Mount, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 28, Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. 1 Peter. You are a chosen people. We are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into light. Okay? We know these truths. I'm sure you all do. That's how we need to start thinking about it. Right? Hell is real. Um, salvation's on offer. Um, it's the best news ever. We've been called to do God's work. Okay, but there's all these objections. Turn the page, pages two and three. There's all these objections. Of course, of course. Oh, I don't want to, you know. You know, I'm too embarrassed, you know. I'm too busy, right? I mean, do you realise, you know, how many hours do I work each day? I mean, I get it, right? 12, 14, 16 hours. No, it's just busy. I'm just fearful of what people think. It's going to harm my career. But these are all true. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. It's true. That's possible. But if we're looking at the scripture, Jesus is wonderful, right? Jesus is so wonderful. He is the best and the most important news that you could tell any of your colleagues. Um, so, John 1, I've given the references there. The references I've put on these pages 2 and 3, they're all in the appendix, those verses. So, if you want to look them up on the next, on the end of the last two pages. This is the most invaluable work that you could be doing, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, which lasts into eternity. God has chosen us to work through our suffering and weakness. Philippians 1, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Jesus is a loving master and will reward all that we do for him. The parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 21. You know, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, you have to come and enjoy your master's pleasure. Right. Jesus says gospel work brings joy, John 4, Philippians 1. Ultimate joy comes from remembering that we are in Christ. So, yeah, we're really busy. It's really tough. I'm embarrassed. But Jesus is calling us to do it. It's the most amazing thing to do. It's the most valuable thing you could do for colleagues. Okay, another, another sort of objection. Uh, sharing the gospel with somebody else's job. I mean, this is for Matt and Phil, isn't it, and Scott. And, you know, they, know, they know the Bible. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm busy, right? I, just, this is, I don't really know enough. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's me too. So we are called to be disciple makers, Matthew 28, 16, 21, 20. If the woman at the well can, we can. Right, woman, I don't know who can assume uneducated, not one of the religious elite, um, a very checkered background, ostracised, it would appear. She goes back in because she's met with Jesus. Oh, well, if I met with Jesus, you know, then I could do that. But we do meet with Jesus, we know that. We meet with Jesus when we read the scripture. We meet with Jesus, and of course, she's so powered up, she goes straight in saying, come, come see this man who's known everything that has told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? And the townsfolk come out. It's not an accident where we are. Doctor, lawyer, teacher, cleaner, whatever, whatever. It's not an accident. God has put us there. Do we believe that? Do we think about that? And God deliberately placed us among our colleagues to be as a part of his plan to rescue people. Acts 17, 26, 27. Okay. That's why we're where we are. Come on in, come in. He promises that we will be fruitful and can engage in the most important work in the world. John 14, 12 to, uh, 14, John 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And we will always feel like jars of clay. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, which is on page 1, uh, to page 2. 
Um, so um, he has not made us. So he, we all feel like I've lost my place now. We all feel like Charles Cage, but um, he's not made a mistake in making us all the things we see in the scriptures: fishers of men, prophets, ambassadors, servants, lights uh, of the world, royal priests, and so on, and so on, and so on. And so Jesus asks us repeatedly to be an ambassador, to speak of him, not to be a successful evangelist. I think what we get in our minds, oh, you know, it's, I can't do it, it's got to be fulfilled, or that or whatever, and oh, no, it's, it's a burden, I can't. He's just asking us to speak of Jesus, which I'm sure you all do when you can and try to and so on, but that's what he's asking us to do. So not to be a successful evangelist, don't put the bar too high, it's not numbers, it's obedience. And thankfully, thankfully, we can leave the results to him. We're going to come back to that. Okay? It's not about us and what we can do. It's about what Jesus can do. Okay, another three more objections that I've lumped together. I'll just focus on being a good witness by being a great employee. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be honest and have good integrity. And I'm going to be nice and kind, and I'm going to be a great mentor, and I'm going to support my colleagues, and I'm going to be a good leader. And they are all great things to do. They're all great things to do. So we should certainly strive to do a good job at work. Right? But in the end, there's no substitute for telling of God's salvation plan for all those who are lost. As we know, it's the one of the best ways we can actually love others. So I put on the end, Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, two more. Well, I've done that. I've done that, Mark. You know, it's all right. I've done that. I've, I've spoken to people. I've, you know, I've done it. And uh, they're just not interested. You know, I, I've spoken. And, no, they're just not interested. They just don't think it's relevant. And, you know, or even worse. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but it might take a lot of scattering of the seed before it hits good soil. How will the sower, the four soils, the seeds going out, the word, scattered liberally far and wide into all the different types of soil, on the path, in the rocky places, and so forth. There's only one soil that produces a harvest. Only one side produces a harvest, and it might be 30, 60, 100-fold. That might even just be one person, but of course through that person, they go on and create evangelistic preacher or whatever. Okay? So it's not about how many, and it is definitely going to be about rejection. Jesus was rejected and repeatedly warned us that we will be as well. If Jesus was sowing the seed and going around, guess what happened to him? He was rejected, repeatedly, repeatedly rejected. That's Jesus, right? It's not, you know, this is what we said. We need, we need the spirit, we need the word coming through Jesus, and it's only some who are going to be saved. So Jesus, Lord of all, whether accepted or not, everyone will meet him in judgment. So it is supremely relevant. These are truths that we know, and we have to keep reminding ourselves. The last big objection, I think, and then we can have a little time for questions and, and sharing some wisdom on some of the stuff. Yeah, my boss, the HR department... They won't let me do the stuff, you know. I mean, I, I can't run a CD course at uh, my workplace. Or, you know, actually, I'm thinking about putting on a little event or something, or get a Christian group or something. Yeah, they're, they're, they're no way. I mean, that doesn't happen, okay? Not in my place. 
Um, or indeed, I am the boss. I mean, there's no way I can do that and start talking to people about that. You know, that I've been in all sorts of trouble. Well, my first thing I'd say to you gently is please don't say no for other people if you haven't asked or really thought about it. Don't keep saying no. You know, I can't do it because... It is true, it may be difficult. It is true, it may be difficult. But in the vast majority of cases, as far as I've seen and talking to others, actually, when they ask, maybe to go to HR or, you know, or to speak about it, there's very little problem with employers talking about your Christian faith if you do so sensitively and appropriately in a way that you, know, you might speak to other workmates and colleagues about any other issue, politics, sport, hobbies, we think, naturally, of course there's, there's lots in the world against us and persecution, but we think, oh, it's going to be, no, there's no way, I can't do that. Have we tried? Have we thought about that? Those who you speak to and become friends with and so on, why wouldn't you talk about the best news ever? Why wouldn't you talk about your faith, your hope? So, I mean, we know about the whole bringing your whole self to work and diversity and inclusion, and this is bringing your whole self to work. And if you actually go and start thinking about, talking about that with HR and so forth, actually, well, let me go to, uh, well, uh, let's, let's go to the last one, specific one, dealing with HR at the bottom there, a little balding, yes, yeah, trying to sort something out. Just start by putting yourself in their shoes, actually. Um, most uh, HR will, might appear lukewarm, might even appear anti. Um, but actually, you just remember, understandably, they are concerned about doing anything within the company or the firm or so on that is going to be a poten cause potential trouble. Okay. They are obviously concerned about that's their job. One of their jobs is to ensure that we don't have problems in the company. But actually, they're really concerned about with antagonism with other religious groups. They are worried about antagonism with LGBTQ+, and so on and so forth. If you reassure them, put yourself in the, your shoes, no, no, it's, you know, what we're going to do is we want to just do this event, so disclose what you want to do, perhaps even show them beforehand what it's about, who they're going to invite, how you're going to do it. Actually, the other part of HR flips in, inclusion, of course, is inclusion. Yes, well, why wouldn't you do that? I want to bring my whole self to work. Always useful, wise, perhaps involve senior stakeholders within the company, if possible, uh, to sort of take the responsibility. Okay, don't worry, you know, we're going to take responsibility. The Christian group is running this, or whatever it might be. But don't say no immediately for it. And if you're in a position of authority, you know, yeah, yeah, you do need to be wise and sensitive about how you're using your power through having been in a position of authority with those you come across. So, of course, if a colleague makes it clear that they're not interested in discussions about faith, you don't pursue it. I mean, as you wouldn't anything else, frankly. But you would, shouldn't, you, and of course you shouldn't ever, the, the one of the problems you've got to watch out for if you're in a position of authority is actually then treating that person unfavourably. There could be a rift in your own relationship. How gracious are you? How just gentle are you going to be? They can say no. Are you sure? You know, no, there's no problem. We don't talk about this at all. Do you want to talk about this? Repeatedly talking about that and making sure that you are then going to treat them absolutely the same as everybody else all the time and not because they've sort of rejected you. You're going to wreak your revengeance, revengeance on them. That would, of course, be a horrific thing to do. So there's some of the things I, that I've lumped together. I'm going to, I've just pointed at the bottom there. Um, 
Oh, yes, I, I missed that one bit. But, you know, employers are certainly not going to have an objection against you doing things on your own time, or they certainly shouldn't be. So going for a lunch break, doing something after work, if you want to do something a bit more formal rather than just chatting around the water cooler for 10 minutes about, you know, something very gentle, but you want to explore a bit more, or going out for a coffee, like you would go out for coffee for anybody with your colleagues at work and just having a bit of time out for half an hour, you know, that is... Yeah, you, they're going to be hard-pressed to cause a problem with that if you act, the other person's a willing participant in it. Okay. Okay. Speak up, I put at the bottom there. It's an important thing, speak up, um, I think. These are old copies. I haven't bought one. They're, they've been republished. So this is a long version of speak up. It's a little shorter version of the brochure, which is very quick and easy to read. Um, they're both pretty thin. They're produced by the Evangelical Alliance and Lawyers Christian Fellowship. And you get them online, and that's the link there on your sheet. You just put speak up and uh, Google and you'll find it pretty quickly. And it's fantastic at just telling you what your actual legal rights are when it comes to speaking about your faith. And there's, there's plenty we could talk about, it would take another 15, 20 minutes on that. But just have a look there and it's directly in the workplace you'll see. I think one, one quick take home message from it, just if you, if you are talking about your faith in the workplace, and I'm talking here just, you know, you're sort of dropping into conversation and so forth, and then you might have an opinion on something Maybe it's something really contentious, maybe something like abortion or, or whatever it might be. It is actually worth ensuring that you say, well, because I'm a Christian, you know, this informs my opinion on this. And you explain that's why, rather than just say, well, I think abortion's horrific. You know, we should never be allowed. And you can imagine sort of the, uh, the, uh, the antagonism that might arrive. There's actually something legally quite important about that because you have protection, greater protection, under the European Convention of Human Rights of because it's a protected thing to talk about your faith. Okay, so you're, you're just putting in, in within that inclusion of because you know, I'm a Christian, this is what I have to do. And that also gets you onto the front foot about, of course, you know, I'm a Christian, right? That's why I think this way. I can quite understand why you don't think that, and that's fine, you know, and sort of gentle, gentle. But that's why I think this, and actually I would believe, and so forth, you know, life is sacred, and so forth. But read a little bit more about that. It's very quick and very easy. It just gives you a little bit more comfort about, actually, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong here. It's legally protected, uh, just like all the other religious faiths are too. Okay. So speak up. Now, pause there. We're doing quite well. About to come up about halfway. I've been speaking too much, so we're going to be turning it over to you guys. Um, questions, thoughts. I mean, just on the sort of minefields and, uh, that, uh, that Jeff was mentioning, or nervousness or fear, practicalities, things you've come across, actually, yes, um, Mark, I've got a question which I think we need to hit head on, yeah. which is um, there's what I would call a very extreme sensitivity across society, um, where it's, it can be quite dangerous to talk about things, and things that people say can be misconstrued, yeah. spun, distorted. It, you know, it can be quite dangerous, and I, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I do. So um, it, this will come out of, if you read Speak Up and so on, but the way that you're, I think the right way to, or a way, which I think is a wise way to approach it, is of course, you, you start off by, we're going to work, I'm, I'm talking about the workplace now, right, generally, okay, that's just, just keep that limited that way. You're talking about the workplace, you're also going to do a job of work, and you should go and do a job of work, and that's what you've been employed to do, and that's what you're paid to do. And of course, as you would have heard many times before, I'm sure, and so, you know, Perhaps this on Monday you'll go back and say, where were you the weekend? And I was at church weekend away and bringing a whole set to work. You're actually just trying to make it much more natural that you will talk about your faith. 
because it's part of who you are. And that is the first step for all of us, in one sense, revealing that we are Christians, that we have a faith, and we just, it becomes desensitized in the way you start things. And as we progress, as it were, as they, they know Kate's a Christian and so forth, and yes, her witness in the workplace, we're not perfect, we're sinners still, but we try and endeavor to be distinctive with honesty and so forth and integrity and so on. People tend to notice those things. And say, oh, actually, I ought to go and see that person a bit more, a bit more even-handed on these things. Actually, it becomes the platform by which you then can broach more subjects. Of course, building a relationship with your colleagues, do you actually want to know them? Right? We're all so busy, so difficult, stressed, I've got so many things on. How are you really? You might say for 10 minutes rather than, you know, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Know, oh, how is you know, your family? As we might do with people at church. How's your family? You know, we know that they've got children or whatever it might be, or they're going through a tough time. So you're building relationships, right? which of course we all know instinctively that's the thing we would do in all sorts of ways. But strangely, of course, as you then get to more contentious issues, there's a completely solid platform which you're operating on. You are not one day standing up in the middle of the office and go, you know, guess what? You know, and sort of launching forth with great zeal. That's, you know, that, I mean, who knows? The Lord, you know, may be able to do that with you, but I think that's quite high risk for myself. And, we're, and given where we're probably all similarly a little bit down here, let's just, just be, let's try and be as wise as we can. So when it comes to full-on issues, though, I, mean, I haven't avoided the question, because if you're going to have a discussion, if someone's going to say, about gender identity, LGBT issues, same-sex blessings, all the, con I'm talking to the most, I think, most contentious ones at the minute, at least. Well, first of all, we ought to have a view on that, a biblical view on that ourselves. So if we don't, we don't feel very well able to speak about that from our faith, then we ought to go and do that first. We ought to think about that ourselves, have a, you know, what, do I, what does the scripture say about this? What do I really believe about this? Listen to one of Matt's sermons or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, that's, that's right. And then be able to, you know, it, when we have time comes to engage and say, you know, actually, I would, you know, I can see why you'd want same-sex blessings or something like that if that's what the issue is. Of course, you know, I can understand wanting to be in a loving relationship and I can see, yeah, I, I can understand that and, you know, but I wouldn't support that. In the way that Kate Fraser uh, SNP, Forbes, 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 Forbes sorry, Forbes, uh, SNP candidate. I mean, you will have, if you listen to that, you'll see some of really good, and then sometimes the sort of being bent out of shape and so on. Just so actually having answers for that, you might get attacked. But of course, you in the workplace, it's probably far less than you think if you're just having a conversation with one or two people, and it's invited, and it's part of a people that you know, and so forth. And you're just having a discussion. And of course, if it gets a bit too heated, you say, "Oh, look, guys, you know." as you would with anything, well, perhaps, perhaps let's not pursue this further now, and, you know, but if you ever want to talk about that further or get more depth or, you know, I've got some talks on that or I've got some stuff on that, I've got a tract on that, that's how you do it. So I hope that sort of answers it, but I think it's a more the, the gentle, appropriately approach rather than... And also, of course, most people just do... I mean, remember, people don't understand why you're coming from that position at all. Well, why would they understand it? I mean, you know, we also weren't Christians at one point in our lives, and maybe, certainly if you were converted much later in life rather than as a child, we too would have thought, what a lunatic. 
frankly. Um, so, how that helps. Thank you. Yep. So some workplaces tend to have a much more fluid power dynamic than others, where instead of who's in charge of a given project will substantially alter sort of where the direction of authority lies. Sort of sometimes it might be you in charge of things, but sometimes it might be a colleague. And if you work with the same people repeatedly, sort of even if we're striving to not treat them any differently, we might find that we're ourselves being treated differently. So how should we react to and balance that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think the word expect, expecting that we will be persecuted, expecting that people will react against it, expecting that um, uh, yes, uh, it, we would maybe adversely affect it. Um, I mean, it depends. One says it depends on what's going on, and there might be sort of actually this is legally in inappropriate, and you know things are going on that I need to go and speak to HR myself about. But I think most of the things we're probably talking about most of the time are ridicule, embarrassment, being thought of as being a bit of a, you know, a loser, whatever, a lunatic, whatever you, whichever you want to say. And I think that's sort of Jesus saying, yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm creator of the whole world and look what I've done and I've come down and so forth. Really? Take up your cross and follow me. So it's, it's hard. It's not easy, not palatable. Uh, we none of us like not to be liked. Well, I certainly don't, anyway. Um, and, but I think on that side, actually, we should expect it and know that we're doing the Father's will. And we're going to be talking a bit more about this, but praying about it. Pray, Lord, please protect me from this. Please let me, give me the right words to say. Please even you know, love thy enemies. Right? Please let me keep loving them. Yes, I did mention here somewhere, uh, but you know, if people don't want to keep talking about it, you would obviously leave off. But you wouldn't now not compete, compete, continue to be their friend in a colleague sense. You'd obviously still want to try and engage, as difficult as that is. Hi, how are you doing? So forth. You know, still being nice, still being kind, but gentle, and so forth. You know, this is not a sort of approach to I'm going to be friendly with you for a while and hopefully I'm going to convert you and then you know, I'm going to the next one. No, 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 that's just not what it's about, right? We all know that, right? Don't we? We all know that, okay? I want to love you. I want to be friends with you. I can't do it with everybody. You know, you might have a whole group. I think maybe one person, two people. I'm praying about that. We're going to come to that. But I'm going to pray about that. God give me opportunity with this one person, two persons, people. And, you know, and then when they reject you, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's fine. Is that helpful? Tom. Um, I guess I just want to flag that I think point three is I'll just focus on being a good witness and being nice to people at work. I feel like that's that's still quite a massive component yes. and an essential foundation and not a not a simple thing in itself either. And like what does it mean to behave as a Christian in a yeah. like politically fraught workplace where like there are behaviours that are at odds yeah. with what we would long for as Christians? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I think you're exactly right. It's not just this, but I think that is it, still. That's it, so, like so, so if I if I hadn't made that clear enough, I it starts there. It's a bit like the sort of starting you know, with friendship and, and and being a colleague and actually being caring about people and wanting to know about their lives. Yeah and so on and so forth. Being genuine and sincere, being obviously kind and gentle and appropriate and, you know, and professional and so on and so forth. Um, and yes, that is hard because isn't it true that 
sometimes, you know, we're a better Christian on Sunday and not such a good Christian on Monday in the sense of, oh, you know, I've got a temper here and I get very stressed and, oh, it's easy to just chew the ear off that subordinate and I just need this done and, you know, so it is really tough. And, but you are called to be a salt and light in there. So you're actually right, Tom. So yeah, and, 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 and having your own personal witness, of course, is super important. Absolutely super important. I mean, how can you, I mean, remember, we cannot be perfect. We will not be perfect. Yeah, 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 you have to probably own up. Yeah, I know I'm not the way I ought to be sometimes. And even to you know, apologize to colleagues and start in publicly in one sense with them. I feel that that's an unusual thing that, like, certainly my workplace is people saying, oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Yeah. Nobody says sorry anymore, or they'd like not to. So are we willing to show that we're weak? Yeah. Are we willing to show that we're vulnerable and we, we do make mistakes and that sort of thing? Last, last question, we're going to move on to the next question. Yeah, no, um, from your experience, yeah. what are some good entry points to bring up these topics? You know, we're going to do that next. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Henry. On message. On message. On message. Okay. Well, brilliant. So turn, turn the page. Practical steps. Verses four, uh, pages four and five. Practical steps. Okay. Now, in one sense, these little four points I've written on your sheet at the top there identify, pray, connect, and engage should be done for any evangelism, right? For any sort of thing. Just, there's just a way of thinking about it. Um, but what I want to try and say to us is, do we see our workplace as a mission field? Do we see it as the place that we've been called to by God, that he's placed us there? It's not a coincidence. And like those people coming across the fields, all these people are people that are part of the harvest field, and we just don't know which ones are going to come in or not. Okay. Do we see that or not? Do you do we think of next door, do we think next door, we you know with the, the Kristen and Dave, they're going to go on into the mission field, or we have mission partners like Dead Prisk that are here, and they're on mission, and we're not. So I, don't, I think that's, uh, uh, and it's probably the wrong, well, there's another approach we could take, there's another approach we could take, as if we could see it all as a mission field. Now, do we want to make it overwhelming, and oh my goodness, and you know, that's not my main job, and, no, 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 but we are in this mission field. So, do we think about all the people that we encounter all the time as being potential people that we should be trying to share the gospel with? Well, I think we should be trying to start thinking of that way. And do we, are we praying regularly for those in our mission field and our personal witness? Like Tom was saying, you know, actually, I just I need to correct a few things myself and I need to repent of those things and you know, maybe I need to be sorry about things and I want to go forward. And then are we thinking about connecting with them? So there's an awful lot of evangelism, which has nothing to do with talking with people, first of all, in my view. It's actually just identifying, praying, um, and then asking for the opportunity to seek. So that's why somebody was saying, you know, give me some sort of entries. Actually, God will give you the opportunities. That's not trite. That's the way it works. Uh, we can be wise and we can think practically about things, but God will give you opportunities. And then how are we going to engage? And the one thing that's different, I'm going to say, in our next 20 minutes, is engaging. At the very top, I said, bringing colleagues to events at church and going to lunchtime talks, maybe, or to uh, going to services on Sundays is obviously terrific. So going and inviting people, come, 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 and listen to uh, a great sermon or whatever, or a great evangelist event, terrific, terrific. But there's another way we can think about it, is take the gospel to them. Take the gospel to them. You are all missionaries. Not like 19th century Victorians 
cutting our way through to the untouched people groups of the globe, but we are going to those dark corners, literally dark, no light from Christ, offices where there is no Christ, no God coming in. So we're missionaries. Okay. So I want you for the next. Uh, I don't know, yes, I'm just a bit, a bit, a bit behind. So identify mission field. I want you to choose. A, I suggest you. Will you choose a verse? Um, now we're going to stop for about five minutes or so. Now you can take a verse that you know. You can take one from the first page that I was looking at, or you can look if you turn down the page to the appendix. I've got a couple of pages there, pages six and seven, a whole load of verses that I mentioned on the way through, which I hope might inspire us uh, through the Holy Spirit to say, yeah, yeah, I think this is, this is true and I want to do something about this. Okay, Lord, will you help me from wherever I am? So I want you to think of a verse and I want you to go to, as it were, fill in the tables below. There are two tables below. You can obviously do it physically with a pen if you've got a pen with you or get out your smartphone and just open notes and do it on that or something like that. But I want you to think about, see my little Roman numeral two there. Don't think about those, those who you think might be interested in Jesus but simply note down all the people you most regularly interact with through work. Now, that list may be enormous, right? So you haven't got time to do 100 people. But you can start in this way, well, I'm suggesting this way. You can think about your immediate team, which may or self be 20 or 30 people. So maybe you just think of, oh, yeah, there's three or four that I'm working with currently or whatever. And then the wider company context that you come across, and indeed other worked out contacts, clients and stuff that you're spending a lot of time with. So I'm going to pause now. I want you to think of, on your own a Bible verse that you think might inspire you. I want you to then think of those contacts. And then I'm going to, the last, Roman numeral three, when will I pray for them? And is there somebody else who will pray with me? So when do I think I'm going to fit that into my life to pray for my work colleagues? So I'm going to shut up for at least five minutes. take that and carry on with that and uh, later on and we take it home so we're going to in a moment we're going to start praying about those people okay um, just let me talk about connect first of all if we go to prayer so connecting so if you turn the top of page five this is a little bit long like Henry's question as well um, you know we have to believe that the Lord will give us the opportunities right but there's, of course, we want to try and be active in trying to think about how, what might be the best way of doing things. So, of course, you know, inviting people for a coffee, first of all, just to know them. You know, as in, do you spend time with anybody at all? Or uh, if it's 15 minutes in the corridor and, oh, you know, how's your weekend gone and that sort of thing. And then one time, why don't we... Uh, and then at the right point, once you've started building up a little bit of a relationship, uh, finding out what is their perception of Christianity. Do they know that you're a Christian? Do you, you know anything about... Um, yeah, do they know that you'd love, love nothing more than to tell them about Christianity if they wanted to listen? You may be very, very surprised. I'm often surprised, particularly about you know, people I think might like it and they tell me to get knotted. And, and there are others who frankly say, oh yeah, I'd love to know all about that. And it's just, you know, oh, okay, 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 all right then. Uh, oh, sugar. Uh, um, so, you know, they, they really do know. And you would never be offended by what they have to say. 
You have full license. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Why you think we're completely bigoted? And so on and so forth. Right. And then be proactive and intentional about connecting within your own character and temperament. Okay. Some are more outgoing, some are less outgoing, some would do this, some would do that. That's, that's absolutely fine. Right. And you don't need to be completely overwhelmed about just one, just two. But don't just keep thinking about this so that my tip would be at least is, oh, they'll be interested. I'm definitely not going to speak to that person because, you know, they're going to bite my head off. Um, type of thing. Pray about that and see what happens. Okay. Pray about that. They might be biting your head off because they really are lost, lost, lost in work, the world and life. And they just desperately want to talk about something else. They need something else. Okay. So, going as it were back to prayer. I think if we, you can do it on your own or just with a person next to you, I think we just spend three or four minutes literally praying, to bottom page four, pray that God will give you the opportunity to share the gospel with those you've identified, connect with the contacts, um, you know, um, Lord, tell me how to best do it, you know, coffee or something, and for your own witness. Okay, so this is evangelism. This is, has to be evangelism. Let's just pray about the names you've mentioned and and, go on. and then I'm going to spend um, just 10 minutes or so on the last part, and there's time for questions, and we'll, we'll wrap up. Okay. So let's pray. On your own, or with somebody next to you, or as you wish. Okay, great. Maybe the last prayer, sorry. Great, great. Great. Keep, you can keep praying, right? We can, as in not now, but we keep praying for these people. And um, let me just talk a little bit about engage, as it were, the fourth step, as it were, here on, on page five. Now, there's this, this slightly different approach. So rather than sort of bringing people to events, taking the gospel, so page five, uh, number four, engage. Um, a drink with a dialogue or a meal with a message. So... Does it have to rhyme? Let me credit all, most of all this comes from Wes Ainsworth at the city team in St. Helens, and uh, he came up with that, so I can blame him too. Uh, but um, yeah, so drink or die will be all the message. So slightly different to, you, you, you get to a point where you, um, can we think about actually doing something tailored for the people that we know? So we can think of carousels and evangelical events where you think, oh, that might be something, you might interest in that. But actually, when you're speaking now to your one, two, three colleagues and you start to have conversations with them, why not ask them what would they like if they're interested so some interest or you know, I'd love to, to tell you all about do you know I'd love to tell you all about Christianity, what Christianity is all really about. You know. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've got all these issues and so on. I know we started talking about some of those, but why don't we just go together for a, and now tailor it for what they want? So I'm thinking here, key benefits of a tailored approach. You obviously can choose the time, the location, and the duration of their choosing. So, 45 minutes, you know, for non-people consulting, 30 minutes. I have a coffee, I ends up being 45 minutes, but you know, we say 30 minutes. Uh, coffee, and we chat about it, and we're going to speak about one or two issues that you particularly have. We're trying to get them to Christ, so we don't really want to be over here talking about necessarily... Uh, homosexuality, if, even though that's what they want to talk about. But yeah, we, we're definitely going to talk about that. But how about we go uh, work, just have some time together and bring in a professional? You're thinking, oh, yes. I mean, Mark, you are out of your mind. I'm never going to be doing that. There's, there's no way. I mean, you know. So you, there are so many people that will want to 
for example, in the city from St. Helens, but there'll be many others, I'm sure, Matt, Phil, others. Um, indeed, dare I say, I might want to come as well. See, I'm a bit nervous still. Uh, uh, and, um, and do that. And so we just have a five-minute presentation on something. Maybe they want to think about suffering or something like that. But have some proper gospel, but just really short. Five minutes. And I mean it. I've seen it done time and time again. It absolutely can be done extremely well. And you can get all that you need in in just a few minutes. You can't answer all the questions, of course, but it just starts giving them actually the gospel. And you get them together, so you can say, I'm going to invite a mate from church that I know, or something I know, if you don't want to do it yourself, which is entirely understandable. And we're going to have a quick presentation about it. And then you can ask any questions you want. Any questions you want. And um, that's it. So we do it over a drink. Or what should we do over lunch? Um, just, and the other thing is, you know, it's going to be just me, you, and Bob, and this mate. Or, you know, so people that know each other. So you're just doing it with, you know, maybe it's one-to-one, it may be you know, three or four people. Obviously, it can be a little bit easier, the dynamic, if there's more than one person, because if you're going to bring somebody along, it's a two-to-one. Although that also works, right? I mean, it's not, it's not impossible. Right? You know, it's not, you're not beating them up or anything. It's just a sort of it's a discussion, right? it's a chat, because they want to have a chat. Okay. So it's absolutely possible. And I've got this you know, ridiculous, uh, silly example invitation there, but it's, it's kind of along what I'm, you know, it's all we're trying to say here. You know, I'd love to take you, I mean, this is I've written as a sort of, sort of silly email, but I'd love to take you, and other than team out for a coffee, drink, lunch, you know, you choose, in the Bells and Braces pub on the run-up to Easter. You know, it'll be a coffee, drink, meal with a twist. Um, you know I'm a Christian. I'd love to explain to you all about and to hear what you think. And I invite a friend from church to give a five-minute presentation on why Easter means so much more than we often assume and take some questions. Um, you won't be put on the spot, there'll be lots of space to ask questions and raise objections if you'd like, if anything like you'd like covered specifically. No subject or objections off limits or too offensive. I hope you can come. Yeah, big pants already coming. Sounds a bit intimidating. Small hands coming, no. <laughs> now, this is, this is something that's happening as it happens in the city, okay? So if you happen to work in the city, and it's coming up to Easter now, this is actually happening, you can go to that link, gospelatwork.org.uk, and there's a whole list of speakers that are available morning, lunchtime, and the evening. And they are absolutely willing to come along for one person. One person. Five people, ten people, one person is fine. Okay? You can have William Taylor, if you'd like, to come along. And you, know, and you might think, no, there's actually no way. I tell you, I've seen him do it, he will do it for one or two people, no problem. Okay? So there are lots of, so if you're thinking, oh, you know, I've got to have somebody that absolutely knows everything about the Bible, well, maybe you need something like that. You might think, oh, I think I'll have somebody a bit like this. That's fine, just find somebody, and if you don't do it yourself, and do that. So that's just a thought that you could put into your armory of things. Of course you can give tracks, you can do it yourself. Um, but that is happening in the run-up to Easter, now from 20th of March to 6th of April, so in a few weeks' time. So you could keep on putting your names down, you could keep on praying, you could look at that website, you could, it tells you exactly how to do it, it's a simple thing, email in, I'd like somebody, I'm going to put something on my firm, it's going to be in a conference room, or it's going to be down the Doug and Doc, Doug and Doc, Doug and Doc, um, uh, uh, and yeah, that's what I'm going to do, right? Possible, right? It's possible. Pray, 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 think about that. The last thing is giving your testimony, that's what I'm going to say in my last comment, is 
Um, this we could spend a, quite a long time, and again, we're, we're thinking about this also uh, in uh, the city and the, uh, the city team about this, um, about giving your testimony. The one thing that each of us can do, if we're a Christian, is give our testimony. Right? It's extremely powerful. I don't know how many times you've listened to other people's testimonies. You might have seen it sort of from, a, from the front, from somebody or whatever. Um, I don't know how many times you've given your testimony. Right? And you might think, oh, maybe I'll see my testimony. You know, it's all very prosaic and whatever. It's, it's, it's authentic. It's true. You can say it just as it was. Of course, you would like to think about it for a few minutes beforehand, probably, if you're going to sort of give it off somebody. But it can, it can be just a few minutes, two minutes. Um, you know, we've, we've been practicing it as well in some groups in the city. You can give it in two minutes. And actually, it's quite helpful to give it shorter rather than longer. And get some feedback from the people and you know, think about it. Because, oh, yeah, of course I should be saying that. You know, whatever. But there's a, there's a story there. People like to hear stories. People like to hear what happened to you in your life. People like to hear how, things it's, how it's changed you from one to the other. Okay. So it's incredibly powerful. And it's the gospel. Because you're talking about Jesus, what he has done in your life what you used to be like, what you're now thinking like, what you're still imperfect and your hope, your hope is and what you're living for. And so the, these sort of events are also perfect. So if you want to do something, if you don't want to do, oh my goodness, I'm not going to all talk and all, no thanks uh, very much. Um, but you could give your testimony at it. And I think you'll be very surprised if you attend these things and start doing it because you actually feel, oh no, I want to tell, you know, yeah, because of course they're interested, right? They're not, you know, they're interested. They might be sort of resistant, you know, having objections and, they're still blinded and they're deaf, and you're waiting for the Lord to open their eyes and ears. But you can tell them your testimony, and they'll, they'll find that. Well, I've always found it, and when I've heard some other people, they find it always incredibly interesting. They might, in the end, say very politely, well, that's all very good for you, and thanks very much. Okay, okay. But it's something you can do. So testimony and practicing that. So that's, that's the, my little last tip. Um, We've got two minutes before you must go. I can hear the children already. Go. If you watch children, you probably ought to go actually. Uh, if you need to go and grab children, but uh, I'm here for another five, ten minutes. Uh, or don't go if you want to stay another two minutes. They'll look after you. Last questions, thoughts. Um, yes, please. Um, I'd really love to hear. I think in your time yes. at the workplace, do you have an yes. example of a time where you had to have a bit more of a difficult conversation or? Navigated something with a colleague where you um, on on yeah. Christian on Christian. Uh, um, what you actually said in those situations. And how oh goodness! Oh, that's going to be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I have had lots of conversations. Um, I've had a lot of uh, you know, sounds a lot, but a number of times where you know they would just outright say that you're totally bigoted. Um, you know, uh, I can't believe how you could think that. Um, you know, this is all total nonsense. And so, I mean, I mean, I can't really give you the sort of, oh, then I had this winning argument. No, I didn't. I, mean, I just completely, I was pummeled to the ground, right? I mean, you know, that's the end of it. Uh, and you go away with a lot of blood streaming through your nose. I mean, you know, that's the sort of what sort of happened. Now, but I want to say at the same time, because that's what everything happens all the time. Actually, it's happened very, very infrequently. Very infrequently. I can think of one or two specific occasions, okay? The vast majority of the time is sort of indifference. Oh, yeah, okay, oh, that's all right, interesting. Mm. No thanks, sort of thing. Or a little bit of ridicule, a bit of embarrassment, a bit of a tumbleweed moment. 
quickly. Oh, oh yeah, it's a bit interesting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no, 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 let's change the subject. Let's get on back onto football or whatever it might be. Okay, so it's more that sort of thing that actually happens, and then you'll be very surprised, actually, how many of them just say, "Yeah, I'd love to know about that." And you're like, and that's when I've had, I'm le feel least prepared suddenly. So, oh, uh, yeah, uh, oh, that's a bit better. Oh, uh, yeah, let's let's do that tomorrow, <laughs> some type of thing. Right? So it's more than that. Yeah, please. So, so I, I mean, I, I, my tip now, I think there'd be plenty of wisdom in this room, right? And people have done this themselves and so on. But I mean, are we praying for them? I mean, I know, I know that I'm not praying for them, right? And I can't be surprised that you know they're just still not interested and so on right are we praying for them i mean okay uh, and so that that has to be the number one it has to be keep praying for them right and then i mean you know the other thing is have we actually you know have we actually tried again people change and things change circumstances change and so forth but I don't, other people have wisdom about you know where you've said no i mean there is a point also of course they've said no they've said no that's fine, but we tend to, and we have, maybe have to leave it, but, um, but we tend to always think of our friends or close colleagues that we want, you know, and we're not really thinking about the whole mission field that God's given us. And we really want to, you know, we oh, would be great, wouldn't it, if that boss or that person became a Christian, because, you know, oh, you know uh, terrific, and it's all about me. But actually, how about the security guard that you just don't even talk to? I mean, I know that sounds cliched, but it's true. Okay, I mean, that is your mission field. Leave that person and go to another person. Scatter the seed on another person, on another person, on another person. On another person. That's, I think, possibly where the answer is. Yes? Sometimes it's weekly bump. Um, yes. Yes. A lot of companies now have corporate policies on yes. X or Y, and I suppose it's, it's when to know to say I don't totally agree with that yes. policy or whatever it might be. Transgenderism and all. Yes. Um, and do you have a wise perspective of when it is appropriate to put your hand up and say, actually, I don't agree with what the company is doing, or actually, in most cases, is it better not to? Um, but, or... uh, well, okay, so it, that's, that's, yeah, I, so that's quite broad in the sense of, you know, kind of, I think it's quite sort of specific what is, what's happening in this policy thing. I mean, you know, if you're maybe talking as a as a partner of a law firm or something like that, and you've got to vote on something or whatever, that's going to be very different to a, you know, a general discussion somewhere where you, know, you may or may not want to voice your opinion on it or something like that, or where you're even invited to voice your opinion on it. Um, so um, I, there certainly should be times when you'd be saying, uh, I, actually, I don't agree with that, but, you know, you know, it's a maybe it's a democracy. I just, you know, make make my lodge my. Actually, I don't fully agree with that from my position. In fact, I wouldn't if I. I would want a sort of exemption for myself not to do that or whatever. You, um, there may be examples like that, but I think we'd have to take those sort of bespoke one by one and think about them. Um, in one sense, uh, most of that, you know, we can get sort of a bit bogged down with the, you know, I don't know. Let's call them rainbow issues for the minute. Cause that's the sort of pervasive thing that, that's going on. And oh, my firm's totally sort of rainbow, and do all the things going on. Uh, yeah, maybe that's fine and great, and you know, this, and and why wouldn't they be? Because you know, that's in, and there's a lot of in there. I mean, getting actually not thinking immediately. 
horrible, horrible. I mean, we're all created in the image of God. We've all got equal you know, rights and so forth, and we want to be that way. And yes, we want to love them, and we don't want to start saying that's awful. Quite the contrary. But we want to say, this is the truth and better. Let me tell you about this. I don't want to attack that. I want to tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. Let God do the work. Let God change their hearts, just as your heart's been changed. Um, and the rest will kind of follow. So there might be a time when you want to speak about these issues, and there might be times when you stand on things. But I suspect most of it is probably our fear of those issues and not wanting to talk about this over here, the gospel, Jesus. That's my, that's my best amendment. Last questions, thoughts? Coffee. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And then we go. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, Lord, we do find all these things so difficult at times, and we feel so weak, and we're so busy, and we've got so many other competing interests and priorities. Lord, we pray, 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 Lord, that you would work in our hearts, Lord, to see this as your work that we can be a privilege to be part of. Pray, Lord, that we would really love our colleagues, that all the contacts we come in contact with we would see them rightly as lost and that they uh, rightly need to have to be saved, Lord, and to have the hope that we can have in eternity with you. So pray, Lord, that you put on our hearts this week uh, just maybe one person and uh, one circumstance. Give us an opportunity, Lord, that we might speak of the great hope and love that you have had for us and that we might uh, give that to others so that they too might come into a relationship with you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.